Welcome to the Calvary St. George's Sermon Podcast, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ and Him crucified. These podcasts are recorded and produced by the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. For more information, head to calvarystgeorges.org. We believe the Old Testament is loaded with what is called Messianic mountaintops. These are moments and people in the Old Testament which point to Christ and His passion for us. And our reading tonight from the book of Exodus, the Passover, clearly finds its fulfillment in Jesus. Our reading tonight takes place right before the tenth plague strikes Egypt, the death of the firstborn. These plagues were not simply pulled out of a hat. God didn't say one evening, hmm, what can I do to really mess with the people of Egypt? (laughs) No, what's being articulated in the book of Exodus is an actual battle between Yahweh and the powers and principalities of this dark world, the gods of Egypt. Each of the plagues correlates to a powerful Egyptian god, and the tenth plague, the death of the firstborn, is a direct attack on Pharaoh, who Egyptians believed was the source of all of Egypt's power. The Egyptian mythology was that the pharaohs were actually the firstborn of Ra, the sun god. And so God, through Moses, instructs the Hebrews to prepare for the plague in a very specific way in order for it to pass over them and spare their firstborn sons. And it's interesting because it involves a meal, the death of a lamb, and the scattering of blood. The Passover is a salvific event where God delivered his people out of bondage in Egypt And God, through Moses, commands the people, This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. And tomorrow evening, Jews around the world will remember this event in their Passover seders as they read through their Haggadahs and remember God's action for them on that night. And tonight, Maundy Thursday, we remember the fulfillment of the Passover in Jesus Christ, which also involves a meal, the death of a lamb, and the shedding of his blood. Tonight I'd like to speak about what we mean as Christians when we speak of remembrance. The meaning of remembrance in the Bible is more than just thinking about something in the past. Remembrance, and if you've ever been to a Passover Seder, you know this is to be true. Remembrance is actually about being a part of something that happened before you came along. To remember the Passover Seder is not only to remember what God has done in freeing Israel from slavery in Egypt, but to remember the Passover is also a participation in the great events of the Exodus. The idea being conveyed when Moses says, This day shall be a remembrance for you, is despite the fact that you weren't there, when you remember the Passover, the Passover becomes yours, and you become a part of it. Now, you have to grasp that so you can grasp what the Trigium, Maundy Thursday, Good Friday, and the Easter Vigil is all about. You have to grasp that so you can understand what Jesus means when he says, do this in remembrance of me. Because the Jewish tradition of remembrance is also our understanding as Christians as well. This is my first point. When Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, what we believe as Christians he is saying is this. And it connects deeply to the Jewish tradition. That remembrance is not simply bound by time and place. Notice he gives out the fruits of his death and resurrection before he actually goes to the cross to demonstrate the timelessness of this meal. 
So when he repeats those words, do this in remembrance of me, this isn't actually pretending to go back in time. This isn't do this while you think fondly of me and what I did for you a long time ago. Rather, this is a past event coming to us now by faith as a living reality. We weren't there on the night Jesus took the bread of the Passover and said, this is my body. We weren't there when he took the cup after supper and said, this is my blood. Nevertheless, when we say by faith, do this in remembrance of me, we become a part of that great event. It is as if we are at his table, because that is the very essence of faith. To go by what we hear from God and simply receive it. Faith says this bread and this wine is not some sort of philosophical or theological abstraction. Rather, faith says this bread and this wine is personal, and it is for you. This is my second point. When Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me, he means take this very personally. So much so that you're actually there, or better put, that the Last Supper is actually here. In other words, do this so that you will remember me in faith and trust that with my body given to you as bread, you possess my death. And with my blood given to you as wine, you possess my life. Faith says do this so that you will remember Jesus as he is for you, the Passover lamb who gave his life for you, and that by his blood you might live. There's nothing abstract about this at all. So to gather around this table and receive the bread that is his body and the wine that is his blood, you see, this not only connects the past to the present, but as St. Paul reminds us in our epistle reading, proclaims to the world the reality of the living and active God at work through his people today. Now, the idea of do this in remembrance of me as proclamation finds its fulfillment when Jesus tells his disciples, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you. We get the word mandi, actually, from the Latin word mandatu, which means commandment. At the same table at which Jesus gave his body and his blood for the disciples to eat and to drink, he washed their feet. And with his washing of their feet, he showed them how to love each other. The Lord of all became the servant of all, taking on the duties of a slave. I want to make this perfectly clear. Jesus here isn't showing us a pattern of life to follow. Rather, Jesus becomes for us the pattern of our life. Jesus becomes the description of the Christian life. Jesus becomes the servant to be our Savior. Now, in remembrance of him, we serve one another. This is very important as a Christian remember. No task is too low. No work is beneath our dignity. We do what needs to be done for those around us to proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. But it's not do this so that we'd be loved. It's rather because we are loved that we do this. We don't do this in order to remember. We remember so that we do this. Because to be a servant is not natural at all. To follow the way of Jesus is actually impossible. So to come forward and have your foot washed this evening is a reboot and a reorientation from self to Jesus so that he might, by the power of his Holy Spirit, reboot and reorient you from self to neighbor. Maybe there's a call you've been running from. 
Maybe there's a friend you need to be reconciled to, a person who needs your help. As the second verse of that great hymn, which we'll sing tomorrow, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, reminds us, What thou, my Lord, hast suffered was for all for sinners' gain. Mine, mine was the transgression, but thine the deadly pain. Lo, here I fall, my Savior. Tis I deserve thy place. Look on me with thy favor. Vouchsafe to me thy grace. And this is my third point. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus humbled himself and became obedient to death to save you from your death. Jesus became your sin to be the Savior of sinners. His body and blood are yours. Those are his gifts to you. Do this. Eat and drink tonight so that you will remember him even as Jesus already remembers you. And in remembrance of me, do this. Thank you for listening to our sermon podcast, produced and recorded at the Parish of Calvary St. George's in the city of New York. If you feel led to support the continuing ministry of the parish, you can make an online donation at calvarystgeorges.org slash giving. Thank you.